Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Authentic Hill Media, featuring radio. TV, webinars, and live events worldwide. And today, presenting Interviews with Authentic You, with your hosts, Michelle Abo, author, international speaker, and also known as the Celebrity Numerologist, and Jeffrey Miller, author, international speaker, and also known as the Interventionist. And now, here's Michelle and Jeff. Enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon, everybody, worldwide. Welcome to Authentic You Media, Authentic You Radio. We are so happy to have you today. This is going to be a fantastic show, as usual. And I am Jeffrey Miller, also known as The Interventionist. I am one of the hosts of this show, and my co-host, Michelle Abo, will not be with us today due to a prior engagement. She was trying to get back in time to catch the show, and unfortunately is not able to. So we're going to move forward, and she'll hear us on the recording later. So, folks, thanks so much for being with us again. We want to thank you, thank you, thank you. And it's a blessing to be here. It's a blessing to be able to offer this show to you worldwide. We do cover every corner of the world. Everybody can hear this show, Authentic You Radio, Authentic You Media. Uh, and we have fun. And interviews with Authentic You basically started as a programming so that you would be able to hear those who walk in their authenticity Actually, talk it, walk it, sleep it, need it. And we could bring those people to you, get into a great conversation and an interview process, and really get the information out as to why and how they became and who they are, because they are authentic. They are really, really, really it. And we've had some great shows, and today is no exception. I am very, very, very happy to have a friend uh, to be with us on the show today. And I met Coach Tony Branch. Uh, last April in Los Angeles, he and I were both with James Malinchek at the Big Money Speaker Boot Camp in L.A., and we had a great time. It was a great time, four days of phenomenal, phenomenal, uh, you know, speaker training and networking and seeing some great friends. I met some wonderful, wonderful people there, Tony being one of them. And Tony has a great story, folks. You know, he comes from humble beginnings. He was born in Manhattan, raised in the Bronx, by a single mom. He's the oldest son, also of his mom's three kids. He graduated from DeWitt Clinton High School in the Bronx, a spring of 79. He did not get to college, however, even though there was an opportunity there for it. He worked a year after graduating high school, lower Manhattan, in a daycare and youth facility before deciding he wanted to leave NYC and put it in his rearview mirror. He then went on to join the United States Armed Forces, the U.S. Navy, for three years, but it turned out to be a 20-year, 21-day career later. Wow, how phenomenal is that? Being on the front lines during the rescue attempts during the American hostages in Iran, early in his Navy career with the fighter squadron 161 aboard the USS Midway CV-41, forward deployed to the 7th Fleet, showed him how political the world really was and how the American flag on his flight jacket was so important to the things he believed and what happens globally. Tony was very, very involved in basketball at the time, and he helped friends and a lot of strangers. And having always been a part of his personal makeup, basketball was a game he could play. didn't matter the color of his skin or anything else, the financial shortcomings just didn't matter. He found peace on the courts around his neighborhood and around the world. Folks, I'd like to welcome to you, to and Tony Branch, Coach Tony Branch, to interviews with Authentic You. Hello, Tony. How are you doing, Jeff? It's great to be here, and and I, I thank you for the love, man. Really, thank you for the love. 
Well, thank you for the love. And i got to tell you, uh, our first actual encounter, little did we know, we didn't know each other then, was back, oh, a couple or three years ago. I think there was a phenomenal program that was on, and we'll get into the meat of that a little bit later, through our friend who we talked about in L.A., who is out in Vegas with a large group doing a mastermind right now, having some fun. And uh, we'll talk about that. But we want to go on and talk about, you know, authenticity is such an important thing today in the world. And so many people are saying, you know, what is it? What is it that I need to do to be authentic? And we just say simply, hey, be you. <laughs> be who you really are and know what your mission is and know, know that that you want to do in this world. And how many people, Tony, haven't got there yet? Isn't it amazing? Uh, you, sir, you're walking in your authenticity. Well, well, thank you again, Jeff. I, you know, like you said, I just believe that, um, you know, you can't be somebody else because that job is already taken. So you, you, you need to be yourself. And, and if you, uh, I don't know if you come from a religious background or whatever, but I just think we all got some good in us. We got to quit looking for the bad and start looking for the good. Because if you shoot for the bad or look for the bad, don't be surprised when you find it all the time. Now, we all got skeletons in our closet, but one thing about maturity and growing older and, and living your promise, uh, you change. And most of the time, you do change for the better. And me being a person who believes in community and, and our youth, uh, uh, I just felt it was things out there I needed to do to truly live my promise. That's fantastic. You know, I love how you said that, Coach. That job is already taken. <laughs> yeah, you know, how true is that, folks, when you think about that? That job's already taken. Be you, because if you're trying to be somebody else, that job's already taken. That's fantastic. You started actually coaching in the military, Tony, uh, but, you know, that was that was after playing for some time. Is that correct? Yes, Jeff. You know, being a, a New York City street baller, you know, we play on a lot of hard tops out there on cement, and um, my knees – uh, actually start going back due to my earlier years in the city, in the military. You know, played a lot of intramural ball, was fortunate enough to be on the Air Wings All-Star Team and represented the, uh, the uh, fighter squadron through these kind of like military goodwill games when we was in France or Turkey and stuff like that. And lo and behold, I started making All-Star Teams. But as I was making All-Star Teams, my knees started getting worse and worse, which slowly forced me into being a player coach one year, which was the hardest thing I ever had to do. And then uh, totally go into coaching in the uh, mid to late eighties, and I've been doing it ever since. That's fantastic. I know the first time I ever saw you, sir, you were actually in that in that role, and we're going to talk about that. I haven't got to it yet, but I that's, that was the first time, and I got to tell you, we'll be we'll be talking about it in depth because uh, it was a very humbling feeling for me to watch that program. It was absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing, and I'm sure you've been asked a hundred times how that felt. Uh, you retired from the military in April of 2000, and you moved on out to uh, the Midwest, worked in a steel mill uh, as a maintenance manager, but you had a lot to do with, with aircraft when you were in the military. Is that correct? Yes, sir. I was an F-14 uh, uh, fixer. Uh, AMS-1, Aviation Warfare Specialist. Uh, I spent 16 out of my 20 years working on the F-14 Tomcat. Prior to that, I worked on F-4 Phantoms, S and, and S's, J's, and I did one stint, one year stint to get rid of some sea duty in California, actually uh, Moffett Field uh, in, in the P-3 squadron, uh, uh, searching out submarines and stuff of that nature. That's fantastic because the F-4, excuse me, the F-4, absolutely beautiful aircraft, but the F-14 Tomcat, uh, absolutely my favorite aircraft in the world, I think. Uh, there's no question. Um, Top Gun, I think, had a lot to do with that. Uh, really put the, you know, that, that elite squad out of Miramar on the map, uh, which I thought was fantastic. And that movie came out quite a while ago now, when you think about it. Um, I don't even know if too many people remember it. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. The 14 is absolutely gorgeous aircraft. There's no question. Uh, you know, I've been a pilot now for, oh, gosh, almost longer than I want to think, but I never flew jets. And uh, it was always a goal, however. I just didn't get there with the jets. And 
you know, to fly a Tomcat and watch those babies go off the deck is just an amazing thing. It just, just thrills me every time. It's just, it's just nothing like it. And I can't imagine, because I've never been on the deck of a carrier during a launch either, so uh, that has got to be a phenomenal feeling to watch those babies go. Yes, yes, it is. And it's so much power and so much heat. And, uh, you know, it's one of the things where when you get into it, because we train like nobody's business. So when we have to be called into action and do and the diplomacy breaks down and we have to go to a hot spot, we just, it becomes second nature. Yeah, it's an amazing thing when you, when you go on alert and everybody's got to hit the deck and, uh, I don't know if people really can fathom what that's like unless you've been there. And, you know, it's one thing to watch it in the movies. It's another thing to be there physically in the position, as you said, the heat of the deck, the power, the noise, everything else that goes with it. Absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely. And the might, the might of that aircraft, as well as our other aircraft, let's be serious. But I had to touch on aircraft for a bit, being a pilot and the 14 being my love uh, as far as jets go, Tony. So... Uh, I applaud you, sir, for being the man uh, on the TCAT. That's absolutely fantastic. And uh, you got to play quite a bit in the Goodwill Games, too, didn't you, on the, in the military? Yes, I was fortunate enough to, again, like I say, play intramural squadron ball and air wing ball. I think I, one day I was the oldest all-star. I was like 35, and I was still competing uh, at 35 years old um, in by that, we represented the uh, United States military and or USA, good red, white, and blue event uh, against uh, versus uh, uh, other military uh, teams abroad and uh, some semi-pro teams in the Harbor, France. Uh, so we represented the USA in the games. We did pretty well overall. Uh, the first time I ever played against a seven-footer, though, and he threw my stuff on the stands. So that was that was amazing, amazing. I never played that seven footer, but it was a good experience, and uh, I loved it. And just representing our country is is just a great thing. It's an honor. It's humbling. That's fantastic. Absolutely is. And God bless you. Uh, you know, folks, you've loved me saying, Jeff, you're talking about aircraft. You're talking about the military. You're talking about F-4s and F-14s. What does that have to do with Coach Tony? Well, let's get everything to do with Coach Tony because it was his basketball career then that during his military stint with the U.S. US military, United States Navy, uh, 20 years, 21 days later, career that brought him into the role of coaching after his knees went bad. And it's the coaching aspect that brought him into the next phase of his life. Uh, Tony, when you retired, you then moved on, as we said earlier, you went to work on a steel mill in, in the Midwest as a maintenance manager. Uh, but it was quite, quite a bit different, wasn't it, than working for complex fighter aircraft. Yes, it was. The machinery was pretty old. I'm used to voice-activated stuff, you know, putting boxes on aircraft, making the aircraft think it's flying at, you know, 15,000 feet while it's actually sitting on the ground and watching the wings sweep forward or sweep back into the delta formation and stuff like that. Going to the uh, steel mill company that I did work for at the time, uh, things was antiquated. It was old. Uh, it was hard to learn stuff, and then that was the first time I really had to work with a union force. So, of course, you can imagine what I went through being a guy who was like, you know, say it, let's get it done, to dealing with union folks. But, I mean, overall, it was a good experience. A lot of union guys took care of me, you know, and I, and I learned a lot. So was, I wouldn't trade that experience with nothing in the world because I think throughout life, good, bad, or indifferent, you do learn from all your experiences, and that you do make you a better person. And, of course, that, that steel mill position uh, is, is uh, where, again, something else we're going to be discussing uh, later, very, very soon, actually. But that brought you to a point of uh, recognition that, you know, basketball, of course, being in your heart and youth and helping children is in your heart and helping kids. Uh, growing up in the inner city, I'm sure you felt that, you know, that need also when you were there before you took off for the Navy. Uh, it's an amazing thing whether it be in a city or out of country, children just don't seem to have enough to do to keep them off the streets and out of trouble these days. 
and it happens a lot in the world, but it's certainly happening on our turf in the good old U.S. of A. There, there aren't, there, there is not, there is not, from what I understand, a city out there in this country that we don't have this issue. Also, uh, small towns, and, and sometimes in respect, it's even worse in the small towns because the kids have less to do. Uh, and with budget cuts, constraints, and all the other stuff going on, the programs that were once available uh, for sports and things like that to help keep a kid out of trouble and off the streets and, and keep their mind active in whatever they chose to do other than their education, uh, it's tough. It's tough out there. And that, that brought you to a very, very wonderful place because, as you've said, you've always found your peace on the basketball court. And so you always look for a place. And from there, talk to us a story about that when you're in the Midwest and, and how you got going with helping the kids. Well, being uh, recently retired, my first year there, uh, which was 2000, 2001, I was leaving work one day, and I, I noticed uh, all the kids were just walking the streets. And um, you know, I went home, got cleaned up, went out and found the outside court, started shooting. And I kind of like asking the kids that came over to shop with me, it was boys at first, um, hey, do you have a youth center around here? They told me no. I'm like, what? No after-school program? The young fella said no. So I found that to be odd, especially coming from New York City. We always had uh, some kind of youth program or some kind of league going on because, you know, everybody claimed they don't want these kids watering around the mall and just hanging out on the street. Well, to do that, you've got to give them something to do. So... Uh, the next day, after leaving work, I researched it and come to find out the young fellas was uh, right in, uh, in their answers to me. So I, I decided to uh, fight with Uncle Sam, fight with the community, uh, and, and try to start a club. But the club was also about empowering themselves through basketball. And once I got my tax exempt and everything else, didn't have a physical building. I basically ran it out of my uh, my, my basement. Uh, and I would rent gyms and stuff and just get a kid something to do. Then I formed the basketball team, which means they would listen to me as a coach, but I also would give them life, le- life lessons and have them empower themselves and, uh, through sport and just teach them basic disciplines that I felt that the young kids, especially the inner city kids, was lacking. You know, they didn't, they wasn't re- real respectful, and the way they talk wasn't, uh, it's not the way we talk in America. Uh, you know, right. I always tell them uh, that hood stuff only works good in the hood. Once you get outside of the, your, your your immediate area, you're talking Ebonics. What is that? So uh, basically, I ain't going to lie, my first group, I tricked them. They thought we was a very good basketball team. No, I tricked them. I, I, I told them that when they graduated high school. I had to form a team to get them in for me to teach them how to talk proper English and know how to go to a restaurant and eat with the various forks and stuff, uh, take them out. Some of them never even been to a fancy restaurant. So uh, it was a long journey. It was a worthwhile journey. I of sleep was nice. And, um, but uh, long story, you know, 14 years later, I'm still doing it, but we're strictly all girls now, and um, I can't be more happier than these young ladies going out there uh, doing their thing. And, and um, I call it girl power, you know, just out there doing their thing and letting the fellas know that we, us young ladies ain't going nowhere. So, um, and they're all going to college. So that's my biggest, I say, uh, cherry on the uh, uh, top of the ice cream for me is to see them all go off to college. Wow. So actually you went to, totally went to all girls about 2003. Is that what you're saying? Yes, because we was uh, boys and girls 2003. Uh, the boys broke a rule. I set the rules with my uh, volunteer staff or my committee. We set rules, and if you break them, and they all broke them. Just so happened uh, – at first, it was, you know, at 16 years old, this is after being with me for two years because I ended up getting them when they were 13, 14. Uh, uh, they start feeling comfortable, start getting mouthy. So, you know, I had to step up the shoes, beat them all one-on-one to let them know the old man still get, get, get you if I want to. And then they was just getting beside themselves, bring the parents in, try to uh, curtail or uh, find out what's really going on because nine times out of ten, when kids act out, there's something going on in school or in the home. And, um, uh, couldn't figure it out. Gave them one more chance. They broke the they broke uh, my rules or my volunteer staff rules, and we decided halfway through the season we were going to drop the boys program because there's always boys programs 
out there that they can go to if they really wanted to seek help and play basketball on that level, but we realized we were the only ones with girls. So they needed me more or needed us more, so it was uh, it was an easy decision to make. I, I, I felt sad. It bothered me. I, I had to cry, you know, uh, but uh, I, I'm still friends with the young fellas today. Most of them are 25, 27, 28, went to college, you know, doing their own thing, got their families. So we still talk today. Uh, they didn't, you know, they, they didn't understand at first to get rid of them and continue to just have a girls program. But the girls easily uh, outdid them as far as schoolwork, wins, championships. And I was fortunate enough in 2009 to coach the number two team in the nation. Uh, we lost a team out of Canada at ESPN Orlando, Florida, uh, court one in 2009, uh, July. So uh, the girls really, or what we would call girls' power, has really made their mark here in the Midwest. That's fantastic. That's absolutely fantastic. Now I'm going to get to, to some really good stuff, and I know this is something near and dear to your heart, and we're going to spend some time on it. Um, I can't imagine how many times you've been asked how it felt when you found out a certain thing was going on. But let's talk about that for a minute. Here you are in Gary, Indiana. You've got a coaching program going on. You're fighting tooth, tooth and nail to keep it going financially. You were, were you then out of work? Was that correct? Yes, I was out of work uh, and um, basically couldn't find work. Um, was collecting unemployment at the time, but because of my situation, did not mean I was going to let these 20-something ladies down. So I did what I could to keep the program going. And, um, and then that's when I was so-called discovered well, who knows how I got picked to be a part of this reality show. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, I, the reality show we're talking about is is one that, I'll tell you, put me to tears. Um, you know, I'm a big guy with a deep voice. You say, wow, you hit the tears, Jeff? I said, yeah, I did. I'll tell you, it was amazing. First of all, I had not heard of this particular show prior to this, and I want to go into a little bit of a background here. Uh, as a strategic interventionist, I was mentored under Tony Robbins uh, approximately a little over three years ago, actually, and I went through a complete program on becoming an interventionist, and not in the sense that a lot of people think of an interventionist, but one that helps deal with human needs psychology. That's what I that's what I coach in. The tone, coach Tony is in sports. I'm in human needs psychology. But we're both coaches of sorts. We both help those that want to be helped. They want to get to the next phase. Uh, Tony's in basketball, and he's also into helping people. It's not just basketball. It's not just sports, folks. It's really helping people help people because he's a giver, okay? He understands the theory of gift, what you need. And this story is all about that to me. This is reality, guys. This is really the real deal. Now I want to go back here a little bit. Uh, I got introduced to a certain gentleman through a uh, marketing program. His name was Mr. James Malinchek. James Malinchek had a speaker boot camp that he holds out in Los Angeles twice a year, January, excuse me, December and April, usually. And I said, wow, I'd really like to go to that. And I looked at my dollars and cents because I'd given up my quite lucrative career as an entrepreneur because I, Tony, like you, just knew that I needed to help people. I knew that, that the good Lord said to me, look, this is it, okay? This, this is, this, you know, I had an epiphany one morning. I woke up and said, who am I? And it became very clear to me. First of all, child of God, as we all are, and we're not going to get into a religious discussion because some people are, some people aren't. That's not this. However, I do believe, and I believe in creation, I believe in God, and I believe that I got an answer. And the answer came very clear to me, and I turned on my Internet that morning, went to, punched in the words on Google, who am I? And came up with a wonderful, wonderful song by a group, and the name of that song is, Who Am I? And I went, wow, listen to this. Later that day, I opened up my email, and in that email, I had an email from James Malinchek. 
an email said, I have a live stream going to happen because I'm going to be debuting the first public viewing of a show, a reality show I was involved in, known as Secret Millionaire. I said, wow, this is the guy that I'd been getting the information from about this boot camp, and here he became a movie star. Uh, what's going on here? This is, this is kind of cool. And found the information, fit my schedule perfectly. Said, you know, there's something about this guy, and I really like it. You know, I, I realized he was genuine. I realized he's authentic. I could tell watching his videos, the man, there's no BS except the belief system, that he has a belief system. That's his BS, okay? And he believes in getting it done and helping you get it done. And his, his video content was phenomenal. I just was like, wow. It, it was like the next best thing to everything I'd done in strategic intervention. And the interesting thing is when I first started, I kind of like had a choice. Do I go for my human needs psychology training, which I really, really wanted to do, or do I jump right into this program with James and get out to L.A. and start my speaking career. And I said, well, you know what? I think i got to have some stuff under my belt before I'm going to go out to do the speaking career. And I guess i got to put James on the back burner a bit. Then again, this, inv this invitation comes to be on this live stream, part of this thing, which was going to be a couple of three hours long altogether. You know, and, and uh, Robin, Robin Leach was there. Was the, you know, the... the uh, oh, my gosh, it was this phenomenal thing, live stream from James' house. Right in Vegas, right in Vegas. Here's Mr. James Malinchuk, ABC's The Secret Millionaire, and we're live stream right into his house in my living room. I'm like, this is the next best thing to be in there. And, of course, I would have loved to have been there. Well, we got to watch the show after a period of time. Oh, probably, I don't know, about an hour or so went by, Tony, I think, probably before the show started. And you guys right. were all there. And I didn't, I didn't know you then. I didn't know of you, but I knew you were there. Because they introduced, you know, you were introduced, and were interview, walking around the room interviewing everybody and having a great time. And, you know, James opening up that refrigerator only to see, only to see barbecue sauce. I said, what is this? It was, it, was, it was great. It was a great time. I mean, I sat and had a cup of coffee. I had my dinner during that show. And I kept that computer, that computer humming during that whole thing. Well, then it came time to watch the show. I have never been so moved and so humbled. And I've got a lot of years under my belt, but I'll tell you what, it was an amazing, amazing experience to see a man. Now, James comes from humble, very, very humble beginnings, as do you, Tony, and as do I. He's the real deal, okay? Loves basketball, by the way, folks. He's got a basketball story that you just want to hear someday. And we'll talk about that before the end of the show and how you can hear that story. But here's the deal, okay? James realized that that was his way to a different life as well. His basketball start got him into where he is today. And it's helping people help people, and he's all about that. So here he is. He is literally dumped in Gary, Indiana, the inner city, with very little money in his pocket. You know, everybody says, well, he's a millionaire. Well, think about that. You're a millionaire. You've got money. You've got this. But James realizes what, it like, what it's like to live and not have that money. He's been there and done that. And I'm not going to tell you the story of the entire show, but I will tell you this. It was humbling. It was humbling to see him go around. And the whole deal of that show, if you haven't seen it, folks, and I applaud ABC on this, by the way. I give them a little hat, you know, a little, little hat off here, a little attaboy. Uh, they recognize that somebody in the status of millionaire that's really done it authentically genuinely, who's brought themselves up by the bootstraps, as we used to say in this country, take them and stick them in this situation and let them go and try to find three different people, groups, etc., to help out. Now, this is where Coach Tony comes into view because there were two other groups that were helped, and this show goes on and on, and, and the opening of you guys, Tony, and this is where I want to talk to you because you didn't really. You, you, what did you think he was there for? Well, to be quite honest with you, Jeff. Uh, they they came like um, in March and um, came and talked to me. They wanted to follow me around, and I didn't know behind the scenes they was calling girls at college that I helped and um, and certain people that I helped. You know, because I've also 
uh, just like you say, helping people help themselves. You know, a couple of friends got situations. You know, I helped them pay their rent, car note, you name it. I did it. I just did it with my overtime or whatever I whatever I needed to do. Um, and I thought it was basically was over because they had me under the premise of we're just doing a documentary about people who volunteered their time to help others. So you know, I went along with it. I said it's, it's odd, but okay. Well, the follow at the end of that time in March, they said, well, we, don't, we want to come back next month, and we want to bring a few cameras and follow you around, and we want you to beat somebody. I said, okay, you know, being somewhat sarcastic, yeah, okay. Well, lo and behold, they actually came back with a small camera crew, and they told me they were filming their part of this documentary. Did not know it had anything to do with ABC, this new reality show called Super Media. And, um, you know, I was just doing my thing, trying to get um, – donations from the community. Uh, some donated, some didn't, because I had to understand that there was no way, there's not enough hours in the day for me to work to keep this program afloat, so I had to try to help or get help, seek help from corporate America and stuff like that. I got a lot of uh, doors slammed in my face and a lot of no's, but overall, it, it was a learning lesson. Uh, and then um, at the end of this uh Little adventure, you know, we was in between a game, and I was in a storage area uh, just telling the girls what I thought they did wrong before we had to play our second game in this tournament because the other locker room was already being occupied. So we, I just had to pull them away from uh, everyone. And lo and behold, uh, James Malachek at the time, I didn't know his last name was Malachek, came in and kind of listened to me give my little uh, in-between speech between the games, and uh, he kind of dropped a bombshell on me and told me I'm not who I thought he was. He was James Malachek, a millionaire and a, a author and a businessman. Well, even though ABC cut a lot of that stuff out, I looked at him like, sir, why are you lying? He was sweeping floors to help me take out trash. What, what are you talking about? And when I looked at the camera folks and the people that were standing around us that y'all, of course, on TV couldn't see, I know that a tear in eye that he gave me back some information. I gave him a, uh, in reference to a young lady who I was the keynote speaker at her funeral. He used to be a former player of mine, and I started to break down. And then he started to break down, and the, and the rest, yeah, you already know. Wow. And when you guys broke down, I got to tell you, I was already breaking down because it was a oh. – Folks, if you haven't seen it, it's available on replay. Go in and go in and look for ABC's Secret Millionaire, James Malinchek. Uh First season. Uh, I think they've had through is this third season now, Tony? Is that correct? Possibly. Uh, yes. Yeah, third season. Yeah, so it's about guys. Talk about a humbling experience. This is the guy. This is the guy. Here he is. He's on the receiving end. Okay. He's it's not on the court. He's he's in there with the kids and his staff, and they're just barely making it. In fact, they're not making it. They're really not making it. You know, his coach Tony on unemployment. He can't find work, and James picks them, and comes in, and because the show doesn't get into all the detail that Tony just showed you, because it's only gets so much time to be you know put on the air. But it, the, but the, the bottom line is this: James presented Tony with a check. And that check was not only for him, but it was for to open up and get everything going for him and take care of that that he needed to to perpetuate and keep going. And Tony, I can't imagine how that felt to you. Uh, you know, what what were you able to do with that at that point? I mean, it must have been like what an elation. Well, uh, Jeff, I was actually in shock because I kind of looked at him, even though he, you know, they kind of cut the time lapse because I looked at him and I looked at the check and I looked at him and in the back of my mind I'm like, why is he trying to give me a check for doing the right thing? I didn't understand it at first. Uh, you know, he gave uh, the organization a $50,000 check uh, to help uh, keep us uh, afloat and keep us going. Um, and then uh, he gave me a personal check uh, for 25000 to, uh, you know, help me get on the top of my belt and to Work came, and work finally did come. I'll make a long story short, but I really didn't even want to check. I called. They gave me a number to call someone on the West Coast, and I called them, and I said, you know what, I, I'm not sleeping. I'm just not feeling good. I don't understand why somebody want to give me money for doing the right thing. 
Ain't that what we're supposed to do? Help our communities, you know, kids in our communities, try to show them a better way. Um, and lo and behold, they notified him. And I get a call a couple of days later because, I mean, this check sat around for over a week, uh, 10 days, um, reference to um, why he wanted to give me a check. And um, he called me and said, does anybody need to cash my check? I said, he said, first of all, he said, do you know who this is? I said, sounds like Gaines and I would check. And we went back and forth in reference to me not cashing this check. And I said, man, I don't understand why me. And he told me why not me. So he made me look at myself in a different light because I never really thought I was a community hero, and I still don't. You know, they tagged me, the unsung hero, and it seemed like it stuck. Um, but uh, after talking with him, you know, again, I still, after talking with him, thinking that somebody was pranking me. So when I took the check to the bank, and I was like, you know, watch this. When I pushed it under the glass, the lady says, how do you want it? So just to test her, I said, give it back to me $2,000 or twenty. When she started counting it out and pushed it back under the bulletproof glass, I just looked at it and I pushed it back. I said, oh, put it in my checking account. And I realized what actually happened to me was actually real. Because even up until that point, until she literally had a branch man to sign that check and everything, I still didn't believe it. Uh, this is when I use the expression W-O-W, wow, which means to me without words. Um, I don't know that anybody can imagine how you felt. I can I can understand the denial. You know, here you are, a very humble guy. You just want to help. You just want to give back. You want to gift back to society to help the kids, to help the girls, and you're busting it trying to get it done. And here somehow this guy picks you, winds up in in your in your place, and I say this guy, excuse me, brother James, <laughs> James yeah. picks you. Uh, it's, but to you, it was just a guy you didn't know. You didn't know who he was really. You know, you just met met him, and he's just somebody that you know. I mean, the, the shows go on to to let you think that he's just a just an average person just coming off the street to kind of hey, I like to volunteer and help out, and that's kind of the way it went. Now, that, that what a humbling, humbling, humbling experience. Um, I totally get you on the not wanting to receive. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole there's a whole thing about that in human needs psychology that we get into uh, in coaching. My aspect of coaching is that people are so used to not receiving because they're told they cannot. It's not polite. You're not supposed to take something from a stranger. You're not supposed to expect to receive. Life is all about receiving. That's the most amazing thing. Uh, when, when, when I speak with a client and I listen and I guide them to an understanding in that, I'm also a hypnotherapist and NLP, neurologistic programming practitioner, and those three put together, strategic intervention, NLP, and hypnotherapy, I developed a program which helps people with this. And it's from all that I have received that's been gifted to me that I've received in information, training, education, et cetera, and my life experience. Because I'll tell you, I, like you, Tony, no way. I would have said, take it back. No, this, 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 this no, I can't do this. I, I, no, I was taught not to. You know, you don't do that. And, and it comes down to a funny thing. We're all taught that people with money are not good. It's yeah. an amazing thing. I don't know why that is. I don't know what it is about our society that, that we look up to people who have money and we don't think that they're, that they're good people. So, therefore, we don't accept from them because as kids we weren't supposed to. And, and that's not our parents' fault. That's not our mom or our dad or both. It, it's bottom line this. It's the way they were taught by the parents who they were taught by their parents. And it's just been something as a society we've we've kind of been going through um, it doesn't mean you run around thinking everybody should be handing things out to you either. I mean, that's the other side of the coin. There's going to be a medium there, a happy medium. Bottom line is I can understand how you felt. I can't even imagine how you really felt. And like you said, the reality struck when you were able to get it, see it visually. This is where visual acuity comes in. We need to visually see things sometimes. to, re And then sometimes we still don't want to believe it. But you did. 
you did, and it went on to do great and wonderful things, not only for the girls and that, but helped you so immensely as well. And talk back a little bit about James for a minute, Mr. James Malachek. Uh, you call him brother. You and I call each other brother. I also call him brother. And the reason is because I have, I have now met James. I met him in person uh, two years ago at the December, uh, the first Big Money Speaker Boot Camp conference I went to. And we hit it off. The guy is just real. He is the real deal. And you know what? He will sit and talk to you just like anybody else. Sit, shake your hand, sit in the park bench and talk to you. And you would not know that this man has reached millionaire status. You wouldn't know it not to sit and talk to him. He's a very humble guy. He's done a phenomenal, fantastic job at gaining that. But he worked for it. It wasn't handed to him, but he did it the smart way. He earned it. He earned it. And therefore, he has earned the respect of many, 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 many in the business community as a result. And certainly mine. And certainly us, Tony, with the situation there at hand. I mean, wow. Uh, and you guys, you guys hit it off. You became friends. You were at the house for the debut. Uh, and you've gone on to speak with James. You've been to, and you and I, actually, as I mentioned previously, we, we first met in April in L.A. at that Big Money Speaker Boot Camp, which was my second one. And I, I intend to be back here on uh, this this December, uh, we'll be back. We'll be there, and very much looking forward to that. Uh, I missed this past this past April. Um, uh, excuse me, I was at April. Uh, which, which one did I miss? Now I'm now I'm losing it. But anyway, there was one. Oh, I know the college speaking one. There was a different one. That's right. And uh, James also has a college speaking boot camp, which is phenomenal, folks. So yeah, we'll be we'll be giving you some information on that as well here before we close the show. But Tony. Absolutely fantastic. And you've been able to go on, and, I mean, you eventually did leave, Gary, and, and headed to PA. Was that right? Yes. I'm in, I live in Mountaintop, Pennsylvania right now, northeast uh, Pennsylvania. Yes, Jeff. Yeah, beautiful area. I've been through there before, and a lovely country. You must be starting to see some fall foliage like we up here. I'm up in this great state of Maine, so we're really starting to see some leaves turning now, I'll tell you. So, yes. thing what, here. Is, what is your future now? You've been hitting the road. I know you do a lot of traveling. You've been doing some speaking. I mean, your life has changed amazingly. And you know what? It's a blessing, and it's deserved. You've earned it. Uh, and the reason I say you've earned it is because when we gift, James gifted also what he needs. Because the gifting part of our society is what we call altruism. And altruism is the basis and the beginning of who we were originally as a society when, when you know, I'm the carpenter and, and, and you're the plumber, so to speak, and you need carpentry done, I need plumbing done, and we help each other. We don't care about the money. Our societies used to be that way. Well, we are not that way anymore. We're not. And you, you did everything you possibly do to help these kids and to help people. And James, in his way, respected that, and he picked you. And you were the recipient of Big Money Speaker. Big money, here I am going to Big Money Speaker, the, the secret millionaire. Oh, my gosh. One of three, actually. Uh, just just amazing. Just absolutely fantastic. And what a humbling experience. Wow. So what are you doing now? Tell us where you're at now in the world. And, and uh, you know, do you have a, uh, anything going for it's coming up that you want folks to know about? Yes, I'm in the process of writing a book about my life. Uh, I was asked to do so uh, a while ago, and I just guess I didn't see it. I didn't think anyone was interested in it, and I've come to find out after making a couple of rounds at James' events and um, just talking to some at-risk kids. Uh, like I just recently came back from Alabama and uh, Louisiana and well, Virginia Beach, Virginia, I come to realize that I do have something to say, and people want to hear what I have to say. Just living off my life, you know, learning from my life experiences and seeing, um, I guess, through my eyes how I got to where I'm at today. So I'm in the process of writing a book. Uh, yes, I go around and t talk at uh, community centers and stuff like that. I really haven't hit it that hard, but uh, actually every 
and I, every two weeks I was somewhere differently, uh, different, and just doing different things. Um, and I'm right now down for about 30 days. And believe it or not, Jeff, I will be seeing you in December, buddy. So we will be with James together. I don't want to interrupt you, but I want to let you know, yes, I will be seeing you in December so we can, uh, again, go to the side and talk about life because you're a very interesting man doing a, a, a phenomenal job uh, and you live in your promise, you know. So, uh, you know, God bless you and, and continue success with what you do. And James is an awesome guy. He's better than awesome. And brother, when, when someone from the neighborhood or from the hood or Cecilia means brother or say brother, I mean, it goes it goes thicker than blood because brother don't necessarily mean he has to be your biological brother. You know, because people say, well, he's my play brother or he's my stepbrother. No, James is my brother. He's not my brother from another mother and all of those catchy phrases that the inner city kids kind of use these days. James is a mentor and is a brother. If, if James hurt, I hurt. If he's going through something, I'm going through something. Uh, you know, when I'm sick, he's the first one to call because I ain't always had the best of health here these last four to five years. But he always uh, truly, truly uh, calls and want to make sure I'm okay. Um, and, I, again, I, you think I care about kids? I'm a test to James Malachek. I've seen him help um, raise money uh, for organizations and after-school programs and backpacks at his church and even allow himself to be uh, – be uh, uh, raffled off as uh, yeah he was auctioned uh, off yeah yeah he was auctioned off to raise money uh, for some from for even uh, Langoria's program there in uh, Cala California there in reference to helping her group of kids out there kids always need help I got a problem with society where kids only count when they're old enough to vote or whenever or they're old enough to work and pay taxes kids should count from day one I, somewhere along the line. Somebody got to tell me what happens to a kid's life their first 18 years. They only count when they over 18 or over 21. Somewhere along the line, we got to fix that. We got to fix that. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, he is. He, James, James, you know, brother, I hope you're going to listen to this replay because you are a brother. You are that man. You are, you know, I'm all about authenticity. That's why I'm a partner in this, this network, Authentic You Media. And uh, it was it was after that first meeting of James that I repositioned myself based on his training at the boot camp. And not only am I a speaker, uh, I have put a lot of emphasis into this this media company because, as a partner, uh, due in fact to that I picked up from James because I knew, as authentic as he is on his programs, that that he offers to everybody. I mean, you know, you, you can't help but get a better deal to come to a program. And, you know, people say, well, I don't know if I want to be a speaker. That's okay. You don't have to want to be a speaker because the business knowledge that you're going to pick up, you're going to meet people that he brings in, very seriously authentic people that are very, very, very well known, very well known. I mean, look at look at the stars and people from Hollywood we met last time, Tony. Um, yeah. You know. Right. You know, Masha Crota, was it, I can't, I'm sorry, Masha, I'm not pronouncing your right name, your last name correctly, but, you know, uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, I mean, just just amazing people. We've met Jack Canfield, you know, uh, wow. Pro athlete, Joe Theismann, you know, he's, Joe he's always Theismann. got a nice group of folks coming through. I mean, you know, five or six minimum phenomenal people get up on stage and speak to you at this event and you know if you culminated all it would take financially for you to attend a show to see each one of these people you know like Patricia Heaton for everybody loves Raymond where do you get to see Patricia she's very active you know Dr. Bill Dorfman where would you ever get to see Dr. Bill Dorfman from the doctors you know I mean he was there I met Bill you know you meet these people. Try to put together in your mind, folks, what would it take financially for you to get to see every one of these people? And we're only talking, you know, two or three or four that we've mentioned to you in names. Uh, but the bottom line is this. There, there was at least six or seven there, if I remember correctly. Would I be right, Tony? You are correct, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, not only that, the networking, the business networking that you pick up and the phenomenal, authentic people that attend these conferences are just 
you know, you think I'm a paid spokesman for, for Mr. James Malachuk. I am not, okay? This, this is my show, Interviews with Authentic You, and we interview authentic people who walk it and talk it, okay? They live in their authenticity, which is why James has got the plug, because he's the real deal. And he's he is the reason that Tony and I have become friends, and we consider each other brothers as well. And yes, I asked you on the show today, and, and and I'm so very very pleased that you were that you came on board today, Tony. Um, folks, I want you to respect and understand this guy's been there and done that. Okay, and they say, well, you know, da, da, da. well, you know what? He was gifted because it was it was placed it was placed there to happen. Things things happen for a reason. We go through things in life for a reason. It's all part of a grander plan. Someday we'll have to have a show on that. Uh, I'm sure my producer today, Emily, in the background is totally going, yes, because we do need to get back to that. We need to get to the real reason uh, that we're here. What's our mission? What's our, what's your passion? You know, what do you feel? But So I want to I say that if you get an opportunity, folks, to either – Get in touch with James. Get to one of his shows. You know, a big money speaker program in in LA. He's a college speaking boot camp. Um, you know, get some information. Look it up on the end. And above all, above all, go and watch the replay for the show, The Secret Millionaire, Mr. James Malinchek, and Coach Tony Branch, because you're going to love it. And I want you to have a box of tissues ready, and I want you to think about how that might have felt. Or what the humbling experience that Tony went through, and and James broke down too. I mean, you you the two of you. I mean, it was a I, I, move. I mean, two guys standing there with the tears running, and man, you could not, you could not. And I'll tell you what, uh, gee. So yes. Tony, Coach Tony, thank you so very much for being with us today. This has been absolutely fantastic, brother. Thank you for having me, Jeff. Uh, I mean, you know, when you asked me to do this almost two weeks ago, I don't care what I was doing. It was going to be a yes, and uh, and you said it right. You are my brother. You know, you know what Martin Luther King said years ago? Uh, we must come together as brothers or perish together as fools. So I don't think I'm a fool or you're a fool and your listeners are a fool. Whatever they're going through, we all need to come together as as a people, not not races, uh, not the black race, the white race, the Chinese. Let's come together as the human race. Let's just come together as people. There's a lot of things we can fix out there. We can't wait on the government to do it all the time because, as you can see, they fight their own little demons and battles right now themselves. But I think, you know, the same way we can come together to go get the new Air Jordans or to go to a concert or something like that, we can come together and fix our communities. We can come together and fix our communities. And, and I'm all about positivity. And, again, uh, you know, James Malachek, uh again, he's phenomenal. Even if he wasn't a secret millionaire, anyone, like you said, Jeff, to sit there and talk for longer than five minutes, you, you'll sit back and you'll be like, is this dude for real? And, and I found myself doing the same thing. And I still today do, and I've known him for three years now. And I, he, he always says something that just, just rocks me to my inner core or shakes me out my feet, and we laugh about it later, and it's just that that's just who he is. He don't have to do this, but he loves passing out information, and he always likes to stimulate thought and make people think. And, and if that's the worst thing that someone could say about you, well, sign me up, because James right. Malatech, like you right. said, is the real deal. Absolutely, absolutely, Coach Tony, absolutely. You know, it, it's an amazing thing when we give and we give to another, that circle completes, that circle completes, because when you give, you also receive. Yes, sir. And that is the amazing thing, and that is what is altruism and altruistic about this, is that people people fail to realize you know, give a smile, give a handshake, hold a door, give a dollar, buy a cup of coffee, buy a hamburger, uh, give give the homeless a coat uh, in the in the cold of the winter, uh, buy them yeah. a hot cup of soup and a cup of coffee. You know, uh, whatever it takes. And when you give, there there's a there's an immediate immediate sense of awe fulfillment within your heart, which goes to your mind and you go, wow, that felt good. That felt good because it that is it really does. 
and James did that, and now you're doing it, and we 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 do it, we do it, we gift what we ultimately need, and that need is is also that's the circle, that's the circle, and when we complete that circle, you know, the second you see the lot, the eyes light up of the recipients of something you've just done for them. And they turn and look at you, and there's that sparkle in their eye and a little tear of thanks. Tell me you don't get it hit in the heart. Tell me that doesn't go directly to your heart about how wonderful that felt. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's exactly no. what's right about it. That's what people are supposed to be doing. And I applaud you, Coach Tony. Thank you again for being with us today. Uh, I applaud James, folks. Uh, Tony, give it, get some contact information out to the audience if you'd like, if, how they could get in touch with you uh, to, be, to, to book you as a speaker, to have you come in and speak to youth groups and, and assemblies, et cetera. Oh, yeah. Um, I could give you my, my website. I mean, my website is not totally up yet, so let me correct that. But I can give you my email address, and anyone can get in contact with me. And I like talking to the youth, and I've also – was talking to some uh, companies, uh, uh, middle management uh, here in a couple of months about being leaders and how to delegate, and that's just my military background with a unique twist of, of just my being Coach Tony and that goes, it goes across well even in corporate America. But my email address is hoopdreams43 at msn.com. Again, that's hoopdreams with an S. 43 at msn.com, and they can just get in contact with me, and, you know, we we can see, you know, if they dates, work with my dates, we can do it. We can do it. I'm all about trying to teach because people have taught me, and believe it or not, I think I'm a very good byproduct of my mom because my mom was a single mother raising two children, and she always said, make the place or the world better, leave it better than you found it, and don't forget to represent and respect your last name. I didn't understand it being 15, 16, 17 years old, but once I was 19 years old and uh, being over there trying to rescue hostages in uh, Iran in 1980, um, that's when it all hit for me, uh, uh, the politicalness and everything else which comes. I looked at my left uh, shoulder looking at that flag. You know, people talk about this country, good, bad, and different. We got things we need to fix. Jeff, but all in all, I'm all about America. I ain't going nowhere. I'm red, white, and blue all day, every day, baby. Excellent. Well, Coach Tony, thank you so much. Uh, we've got to wrap it up. We're almost out of time. I can't believe it. This has been a fun-filled hour speaking with you, sir. It has been a pleasure to have you on show with us, and we will have you back as you progress and move along. You get things going, and I want to hear. we want to hear more about that book. The audience is going to want to hear so as things come, come about with that book, you're going to get to get some information to us so we can get it out to our audience, our listening people all over the world, international broadcast. So, Coach Tony, thank you so very, very much, sir. Uh, thank you for having me, Jeff. Such a brother to have you on. And I've got a couple of closing things I've got to say, but, again, thank you, folks. And you've got Coach Tony's information. Uh, I'm going to have him posted up on our page, Authentic U Media on Facebook. And we'll get that information over there for you so you can get in touch with Coach Tony. Any information you'd like further from him to speak at a group uh, meeting you're having or whatever, uh, he's available. So, Coach Tony, thank you, sir. A pleasure. Thank you again, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being with us on Interviews with Authentic You and Authentic You Media, Authentic You Radio today. It has been a pleasure to have you, our listening audience, with us today. And I want to mention a couple of things. We, we've had a phenomenal new show launched this week, uh, Connecting the Dots, uh, with, with the lovely Emily West Sadler from England. And that, that show debuted uh, Tuesday, uh, excuse me, Wednesday, yesterday. And it was absolutely fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And look at our page for more information on that. Replay is up and available on that. If you are in a business and you are looking to secure your positioning and connect the dots, then you definitely, definitely want to listen to that replay. Also get in touch with Emily on that. And she is also a producer on this show today. And, Emily, thank you very much for your producing behind the scenes. We appreciate that. We've, 
We've had uh, another show this week also, Angela Barrows from Auckland, Clear 4 Takeoff, which is a phenomenal show. That replay is up and available. I'd also like to tell you about our show next week on Interviews with Authentic You with, this is going to be interesting, an, an authentic attorney, Melissa Seinband Dragon, and her book, Divorce the Drama. Folks, thank you very much for being with us. Again, Interviews with Authentic You. I'm Jeffrey Miller, also known as The Interventionist. I wish you a beautiful day, and thanks again. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.